Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Were Born for This Podcast with Father John Ricardo, Mary Guilfoyle. We are a couple of missionaries at Acts 29, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, welcome back to the office. Thank you, Father John. Welcome back to you. How was, how was the vacay? Oh, the break was lovely, and uh, we needed it because from now until Thanksgiving, we are pretty much on the road. Yes, so it we was are. nice to just uh, refresh and let the Lord um, calm me down and quiet me and oh, show me his beauty and creation and enjoy the gift of friendship we were with you and Steve and Joe and Charlotte, Charlotte. on our team and it was glorious. enjoyed God's beauty and splendor out in the, in the western part of the country. Yeah, it was glorious. I have to laugh, though, when I came home, because our schedule is going to be what it is, you know, for the rest of the year, I didn't put my luggage away. I'm just going to leave it out because I figure well. I'm going to be filling it up again pretty soon anyway. And welcome but, to year five of the mission that is Acts 29. We just started uh, July 1st, would have been the beginning of the fifth year of this mission, and it's it's really bewildering, isn't it, just to... Uh, to take a moment, I was taking some time to pause on vacation and just look back. It's always important, right, just to look back and to thank God for what he's done and then to just anticipate his blessings for the time ahead, whatever that might be. You know, Father John, every season um, in life is is beautiful and rich, and there's, there's something for all of us in every season. But um, I don't think I'm alone on the team in saying like the last four years have been incredible. Um, it's not unusual for us to wake up in the morning and pinch ourselves and say, thank you, Lord, that we get to do this. The last four years have been rich and God in his goodness has given us some more time to put our hands to his mission. So Amen. eager to see what, what, what this next year holds. Amen. So what's our topic today? Our topic for today is God is not like that. God is not like that. We're going to break this open and we're going to talk about a little bit of a transition that we're making both in this podcast as well as in media in general. But let's pray as always before Absolutely. we do anything. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Our good and gracious Father, we just thank you for the blessing that is this day. For the wonderful gift that's life. For the reality that you are a God who exceeds anything we could imagine or comprehend. That not just your power and your grandeur, but your love and your kindness and your mercy are beyond all that we could ever imagine or hope for. So we pray for your anointing on our conversation today. We ask in a special way that you would bring refreshment and encouragement and calm and peace to our brothers and sisters listening who most need those things. Remind us again and again that you are our Father and we are your beloved sons and daughters. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So let's just give a quick update on what we're doing with media. So shortly before the end of June, uh, we sat down as a team and just, you know, we felt led by the Lord really just to look at all that we're doing and to consider is, is less more. That's how I would put it. So I don't know about you, but there's, there, there are many days where there are some extraordinary apostolates in ministry in the church that bombard my inbox with emails. And it's all great stuff. But the problem is sometimes I just get so much that I've, I've ended up actually deleting it all before I even open any of it. And then I just thought, Oh my goodness, I hope people don't do that to us. And so we decided, hey, let's let's take a look at what we're doing with media and let's streamline it. And so we've had two podcasts, we've had two blogs, 
Uh, we, we've done some live streams and we've decided just to trim so as to not fill up everybody's inbox. And so we're just going to have one podcast, this one, and one blog, Thoughts from the Trailer. And then we're going to do something like a quarterly newsletter where we'll take time, you know, periodically throughout the year just to update people on what we're seeing the Lord do all around the country in the church, which is inspiring and encouraging. And we'll give some updates on the rescue project and what we're seeing there. Maybe throw out some prayer mm -hmm. uh, intentions and requests that we have and then some other things that we come across. But one of the things, too, that I'm really excited about, I know you are, too, is because our first essential principle for transformation in the church is to reacquire a biblical worldview, to learn how to see reality again as it really is all through the lens of Scripture. We want to we make a more concerted effort both in this podcast and in the trailer, which comes out on Wednesdays, to talk about the Scriptures for the Sunday coming up. And, and here's how we're going to try it. We'll see how this works. So usually when you go to Mass, what do you hear the, the priest preach on typically? Probably the gospel. Yeah, right? it's usually the gospel. For lots of reasons, one, you don't have that much time unless you come to where I'm celebrating Mass and I just take forever. But yeah, it's usually just the gospel, which means the first reading and the second reading, they usually don't even get talked about or maybe just in passing. And so what we're going to do is you and I are going to break open the first reading here. And then in the trailer, we're going to break open the second reading and just zero in on what's the Lord saying to us and how does this apply to our lives right now? And we pray that this will be um, a means not only to, to just share what the Lord's saying with us, but also as we do this, maybe just to encourage people um, to do a little bit more preparation in advance for going to Mass on Sunday and maybe to model a way of praying with and reading Scripture, right? I, I love all of this, Father John, and I know certainly you as a priest— Starting on Monday, following, you know, the Sunday that you preached, you're already praying into all of those readings mm -hmm. so you can hear the Lord and to speak on behalf of the Lord to those of us sitting in the pews. And I think this is a way, as you were just saying, to, for us to do that as well. So we come into Mass somewhat prepared for what it is we're going to hear and trust that as the Lord has been speaking to us through the week with these readings, that there's still more he either wants to say to us yeah. or confirm again yeah. what it is he's already spoken into our hearts for the week. And, and oftentimes, you know, too, I think, you know, at, you know, the rescue project creates an opportunity uh, for people to encounter Jesus, mm. right? And to surrender their lives to him. And oftentimes after we've had that encounter with Jesus, Many of us have this increased thirst to read scripture, yeah. but we don't know where to begin. Yeah. And this is a way to begin with what we're going to hear every week. Just pray with the scriptures. There's all methods for praying with scripture. You can, you know, go through the Bible in a year, you know, with Father Mike, or, or you can uh, get a particular Bible that allows you to read it through the, you know, through the year, little, little bits and pieces from every part of scripture. But I think this is probably one of the most practical ways yeah. uh, to prepare our hearts and to feed on that word all week rather than just show us. up. Yeah, yeah show right. up and, yeah. and, and listen rather to have heard 
you know, then to have heard deeply. Yeah, I know I used to encourage people, I would say, you know, have you ever gone to Mass and it seems like the priest is hearing the scriptures for the first time based on how he's talking about it in the homily? And unfortunately, we've all had that experience. But I said, you know, I used to say oftentimes to people, but is that the first time you're hearing them this week? That's right. Or have you been praying as well? And so here it is Monday. And what we're going to do is we want to reflect on the first reading coming up for this coming Sunday, which is going to be from the book of wisdom in the Old Testament. It's chapter 12, verse 13, and then verses 16 to 19. And I'm going to ask you to read that, if you wouldn't mind, in just a second. But before that, let me just say this is how, this is, you know, I'm so visual. So, like, I have to picture things when I'm, when I'm talking and when I'm praying. And the way I try to read scripture, I try to take a moment and to just prepare myself um, to sit down to a banquet. Like that's the image of scripture for me. It's like, Lord, like give me a knife and a fork in my hand and help me just to, to dig in and to begin to digest and to chew on and to savor the richness of your word. Cause, cause scripture is not there for simply information. It's there for transformation and, and sticking with the food imagery, and I like, to, I like to eat, it's there to refresh me. You know, it's there to delight me. It's there to be savored and relished and enjoyed. So maybe with that in mind, why don't you, uh, why don't you share with us this passage from the Book of Wisdom in sure, the Old I'd Testament? Sure, I'd love to. I'd love to. There is no God besides you who have the care of all that you need show you have not unjustly condemned. For your might is the source of justice. Your mastery over all things makes you lenient to all. For you show your might when the perfection of your power is disbelieved. And in those who know you, you rebuke temerity. But though you are master of might, you judge with clemency and with much leniency, lenience, you govern us for power whenever you will attends you. And you taught your people by these deeds that those who are just must be kind. And you gave your children good grounds for hope that you would permit repentance for their sins. So I love... <laughs> And love these passages and wisdom that we've been going through over the last couple of weeks. So what we want to try to do here is not, you know, exegete the passage. That's, that's something that we can all do on our own, perhaps. What I really want to invite you and I to do as we break open the scriptures this week is just ask one simple question. What's the Spirit saying to you as you pray with us? First of all, you know what it, what I what I would like to say is oftentimes when I'm praying with the readings, you know, whether it's for the day or whether it's the office of readings, um, what I'll do is I'll read the the passage through once. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just reading in scripture uh, in my Bible. And then I'll go back and I'll read it again a little bit more slowly and I'll start to take my pen yeah. and I'll, I, I might underline a phrase or a word or I'll start to make notes in the margins 
And then I'll take what it is I've underlined. I don't know if you'll find this helpful at all. You might think this is stupid. And then I'll transfer that into my journal. Mm. And then I'll just look at what I've taken from the word, written it in my journal, and I'll just sit with it open in my lap before the blessed sacrament. Mm -hmm. And I'll just say, okay, Lord, this is what I think you want me to concentrate on. You have something to teach me here. And you have a word, and maybe it's just a word, maybe it's a phrase. And even as I'm having this conversation with you, Father, so this is only, this is just a very few verses. This is like four or five verses. Mm -hmm. And you and I could talk for two hours on this, right? Because there's so much here. So relative to like what is speaking to me here, there's like there's a limit it to maybe th- three words, three passages, three phrases. You judge with clemency. Mm. Well, that's, that's the first one. That doesn't sound like the way the world judges, does it? <laughs> no, and 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 and, and let, let let me finish the other two words, and then and, and then we'll kind of go back to that. And the next word, and I I know this is a word from the spirit to my heart must be kind Mm. that those who are just must be kind. Mm. And then the last word that caught my heart was permit repentance for sins. Mm. God gives repentance for sins. And so that's kind of where I'm starting. And so going back to what you were talking about is, especially in the culture in which we live right now, we have a rather harsh, judgmental, angry, canceling culture yeah. where, we, where we see the, the, the world wield power in a way that the Lord does not wield power. Where the Lord is merciful, we are anything but merciful with people. And in a, in a, in a, a time or in a secular worldview, kindness is not even a consideration. And the justice of God and the justice of the world are just so uniquely, like, like they don't look anything alike. You, you, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the need to re- reacquire a biblical worldview, which is just so opposite of the worldview that we swim in. Yeah. And, and, and so those are just a few of the things that, you know, that caught my heart. I, wa- I want to say more, and I have more to say. Um, but those are the things that the Spirit drew to my attention and that I want to pray more deeply with. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the way you shared how you read Scripture, first of all, because I think that's such a practical insight. I, I do almost the same thing. I, um, I, I write all over my Bible. Uh, in fact, I got I got dates and times and places on certain scripture passages that, so I, I usually bring my Bible with me um, on well, wherever I go. But uh, I mean, I've got notes in there from this, you know, the recent pilgrimage that we made to the Holy Land, and you know, Golgotha, March third, you know, four fifteen a.m., and then little insights. And I, some people uh, I think are hesitant to write in scripture, but I think it's actually a really good thing to do to highlight words, to underline words, to put notes in there. What's the Lord saying to me at a particular time? And I, I love the fact that you talked about a journal too. Um, it, it's very helpful, I think, for for most people. I know it's really helpful for me to write down insights in prayer. So it's not a diary; it's a journal. 
which uh, I will burn uh, upon my death, you know, or have burned upon my death. Cause That's on my to-do list too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess when I'm dead, I really won't care. But um, yeah, because they're, you know, it's intimate prayer, right? And so you're just talking about what the Lord's saying to you. But those are great things to do. If people don't do those, um, first of all, you don't have a good Bible, get a good Bible and don't get cheap. Like shell out some cash and get a good Bible. We spend money on all sorts of things. Get a really good Bible, get a leather Bible, you know, and don't be afraid to write in it. And get a journal because I think one of the things the journal makes you do is it makes you articulate your thoughts. And otherwise, it's easy just to sit there and to think, but actually not to have a conversation with the Lord and not to capture what he's saying. So I do something similar. I I write down uh, what the Lord's saying, and I do almost exactly the same thing. I read it through once, and as I'm reading it, I highlight words or I circle words or I underline words or I put them in my journal that I'm aware of, I'm going right back to that, but I don't want to pause yet. It's like being at the buffet table. I want to, I want to taste everything at the buffet. And then I'm going back to those particular dishes that really mm. nourished me that were really flavorful. Can I, can I add, you know, one more thing just about, uh, just the many graces that flow from having a prayer journal. Um, I don't know if it's been your experience, Father John, but it's been mine over the years that, not every season is filled with all manner of consolation. Um, we are going to have season. I mean, life itself is just a series of joys and sorrows, uh, trials and sufferings, um, all manner of emotions. And I think for me in my life, what I have done from time to time is when I'm going through a, a difficult season where life just seems um, hard or heavy or like I'm on the mat, you, right? Mm, mm. Oftentimes what I'll do is I'll go back to a particular journal and I'll open it up to a place that where the Lord has spoken deeply to me. Yeah. And I'll revisit the faithfulness and the fidelity of God. Yeah. And I will be reminded again that, that, that God has not abandoned me or orphaned me. He has been faithful to his promises. And just as he was faithful in 1996 in that season, so he will be faithful today in this season. That's right. So, that's right. I mean, that that's just a way to use your journal. Yeah. Journal is um, almost like a photo album. You know, it's like yeah, a, it's I love a, it's that. a literary yeah. photo album of God's yeah. faithfulness. Oh, yeah. let's, look, let's go look back at what God did. He is faithful to his promises. Yeah. And this is how he prepared my heart there. And this is yep. how he will prepare my heart now. Yeah. And scripture's, you know, different every time we read it because we're in different seasons as you uh, use that imagery. Well, let me just share quickly the the things that jump out at me in this passage. because So, that, you know, the title of this episode is God is not like that. And, you know, I think this is if you could summarize oftentimes what Jesus is trying to say to the people in the gospels, I would say that's what he's saying. My father is not like that. And, and, and what I mean by that is he's trying to correct constantly the image of the father that we have. So you were talking about how the, the world in which we're living wields power and how God, God's power is not, exercise the way those in authority exercise their power. But unfortunately, what we do is we project that onto God, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, an abusive or a distant parent 
or an abusive, you know, abusive, you know, figure of authority in, um, in government, whatever it might, a boss, a teacher, a coach, we project those images onto God. And so what scripture is trying to do continually is to correct our vision and to help us see, you know, how many people say like, well, you know, the Jesus is this kind God, the old Testament God is really wrathful. Really? Have you read this passage? This is an unbelievable passage of God's tenderness, his patience, his leniency, the fact that um, even though he is master of might, he judges with clemency and with lenience, he governs us. So that, that's what we mean by this uh, episode title. It's almost like I want to continually say to the Lord when I'm praying, Lord, I don't know you. I don't know who you are. And I won't, I can't figure it out. The only way I can know who you are is if you reveal yourself to me. And of course, he reveals himself definitively to us in his son, who is, you know, uh, the icon of the invisible God. But he reveals himself to us in scripture, which is privileged communication. It's his gift to us, right? It's his revelation of himself to us. I am like this. So the, the much like you... Two things jumped out at me, and the first was that word kind. And I was the same way, like, you um, must be kind. And, you know, I remember years ago, you know, you talk about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think I've come to realize over the years, I don't think I have any of those very well, or I do any of those very well. But the one that I'm continually going back to is kindness, God is kind. That's extraordinary. The ruler of the universe is kind. And, and as I was praying with this passage, you know, like I wrote down in my journal, like God is not a force. He's mm. not some impersonal blob. God's a person. Three persons, actually. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And they love us. There, there was a line in the Liturgy of the Hours it's one of the petitions that says something like, Lord, because of your personal concern for each of us, we entrust into your hands. And then it goes on to name the petitions. And I was just so floored by that. I was praying with that line, even as I was praying with this passage, your personal concern. And it made me think, you know, we, I'm not a parent, obviously, but I often hear moms and dads say, I've heard, you know, Albert say with eight children, your own, a parent is only as happy as, you know, their least happy child. So true. And then I thought about God. Well, God has personal concern for all his children. You know, like we can't fathom how God can know each and every one of us and see each and every one of us. We, 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 we just see, you know, seven plus billion people in the face of the earth. God doesn't. God doesn't see billions of people. God sees each unique son or daughter who he very deliberately, willfully, lovingly fashioned, knows, cares for, nourishes, cherishes, sustains, forgives more than any mom or dad does for any of their children. And that's not how we think of God most of the time, I don't think. No, you are spot on. And even as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, for those that we 
that we pray for that they would come to know the Lord, right? And you start to have these basic conversations with people like, who is God? Like, who is the Father? Like, how would we describe him? And oftentimes we, we, we can't, we can't hold ourselves up as that model. Well, well, this is who he is. Like, I'm supposed to look like him, but I don't. But my father in heaven is, he's, he is kind, he is just, he is merciful, he is compassionate, he is all those things. He's also mighty. He reigns sovereign. And he is the Lord of all. But, but to describe the father to uh, someone who has not yet met him, this is a, a delightful passage to break open for people. That's, you know, that's one thought. And the other thought, um, a set of years ago, uh, Steve and I had a sign in our home that read something like, if you can be anything in this world, choose to be kind. There, there is a magnetic um, pull to people who are kind. And I am so convicted at the end of the day when I have pressed into being unkind mm. or being rash or being critical or being judgmental, not making an informed decision, but being judgmental. And God is not like that. And, and you know, just, a, just another thought I think that might be the fruit of some of these conversations that we're going to have is consistent with what it is we do in Acts 29 because we often say what we do in Acts 29 is it's all about the renewal of the mind. And there's nothing that renews our minds, conforms our minds to the Father, like the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love this. I love this format. I love, I pray this will be fruitful for people. I pray it will be an encouragement and an exhortation to, to dive into and explore the word of God uh, a bit more uh, leisurely uh, as we prepare for the Sunday readings. I want to, maybe I'll give one last thought that the Spirit's saying to me, and, and maybe it's because there's just one person who's in need of hearing this, but, you know, I think oftentimes we fear when we mess up, fall on our face, fail to live up to not just what we know God expects of us, but what we expect of ourselves that we quote unquote, can't go home. You know, it's just it, like you can feel ashamed to show yourself to somebody that you've hurt. And the, this last line in the scripture, because of God's kindness and because of his leniency and because of his mercy it says he gives his children good ground for hope that he will allow, he'll permit repentance for their sins. So in other words, the initiative is his. He's, he's, he, wants to, he, he wants to break through to somebody right now and just say, whatever it is that you're struggling with, afraid of you know, maybe going to confession over, afraid of just coming into God's presence again, perhaps feeling like, you know what, forget it. You, you, you've blown it. The Lord wants to say, you don't have to worry about that. You can always come home. You can always show yourself to me. Don't ever be afraid of coming into my presence. I'm your father and I love you. You know, I was just thinking, we, we had uh, Bishop Robert Gruce with us not too long ago from the Diocese of Saginaw. He, he and his leadership team were in our offices for some work. He gave this beautiful homily one day at Mass. It was the Feast of Peter and Paul. And he was talking about Peter. And it hit me in a way that it never really hit me before. He says, you know what? The single most significant event in the history of the world, namely Jesus' crucifixion, when he's 
defeating sin and death and Satan in irrepeatable event, the man that he had chosen to be the rock wasn't even there. And yet, the Lord didn't, you know, chastise Peter when he saw him after the resurrection. He didn't yell at him. He didn't say, away with you. He didn't say, forget it, I'm going to pick somebody else. He just asked him, do you love me? And moments like that, right, those are recorded for lots of reasons in the scripture, that encounter between Jesus and Peter in the shore or on the shore at the end of the Gospel of John. But one of the reasons is to show us this is how God treats those who've mm-hmm. fallen. You know, I, and you can have hope. Yeah, you know, Father John, uh, I, I have often referred to uh, St. Peter as the poster child for do-overs. Like, like that fills me with remarkable hope. I think everybody does it. it, it it's a model that you can begin again. And um, that's what the Christian life is all about. That, that, that there is hope. Every day that God gives us another day, it's filled with new mercies, new graces. And there was a season in my life where I prayed for length of days. So as to somehow give back to the Lord for all that he's given to me to somehow start to get it right. And even though he has granted me length of days and we're all striving to be more than we were yesterday, I'm still going to mess up. I'm still going to fall. But the father's on the front porch waiting for us to come home. He's got his hands over his eyes looking for us to come home. Amen. Blessed be God, that's the Father. And so do not be afraid because that's the God who's with you. And you were born for this.